Welcome to the Forging Honor Podcast. I'm Jonathan George. And I'm Benjamin Jones. Here at The Forge, we explore what it means to live as Christian men. Along the way, we'll be doing habit-forming challenges to build character through action. We are by no means experts, just two young Christian men trying to make sense of a wild world. That's right. We do our best to learn and hope you'll join us on the journey. And if you want to get directly involved, go to forginghonor.com to find information on how to join our community. This is episode 31, The Conversation. Uh, today we welcome to the show uh, a good friend of mine, Ross Cooks. Uh, Ross and I uh, met while I was in high school. He was a, a teacher and a, uh, a producer of many of our plays, director of many of our plays. Uh, Ross is an eighth grade teacher at Grove City Christian Academy, uh, but shows up in several other classrooms teaching Latin, history, and literature. He also runs the GCCA drama program, has directed eight plays with them. He currently attends Grace Anglican Church in Grove City with his wife, Gabby, and their two children, Beatrice and James. Before moving to Grove City in 2015, he taught fifth and sixth grades, in addition to directing plays at Stratford Classical Christian Academy in New Jersey. Ross enjoys reading, writing, camping, hiking, bike riding, playing drums, and working with his church's youth, pro- youth group. We're so excited to have him on the show. And challenge wrap-up time. As a reminder, challenges now last for six weeks or a month and a half. Uh, they are simple daily tasks to grow us as men. Uh, and our current challenge, based under the topic of community uh, and building community, is pretty simple. Have a 20-minute conversation uh, with someone else, uh, preferably um, share over a shared meal or you know, we, a beer or cigar or something uh, to bring your interests together and grow that conversation, um, preferably with men. So definitely not over text, you know, not, not over email. Those are fine things. Um, but we're focusing on in-person community and growing that. Banjo, how have you been doing? Uh, so far, so good. Um, it's a little. One of the things I found about this challenge is it's a little hard, harder to quantify than like our, you know, like our Bible reading uh, passage. Um, but uh, I've had a, I've had a conversation of of some length and substance over every day. So I've I've counted that weekend included uh, this time, um, and I've had a few dedicated conversations over meals and, and drinks and stuff like that. So that's been good too. How about you? How's I've you've, you might've had some situations in the last couple of days where you maybe didn't need to have a whole lot of conversations. Can we, can we talk about that briefly before we get into the, into the last bits of the wrap up? Uh, that is accurate. Uh, I, I was, I missed a solid, I guess there were conversations happening, but I missed a solid two days. Um, because I, I have my child, my wife gave birth to our wonderful baby girl. It was oh, almost two weeks ago. Well, congratulations. Oh, thank you, Ross. Um, and, uh, we, yeah, so I, I missed two days of like the, the sit down conversations. There were conversations happening in the midst of all of that. Um, <laughs> but because of that, uh, we are, um, uh, I, so I missed those two days. So if, if I was if I was trying to quantify this, I'd say I'm probably at eighty uh, percent on on my conversations. Um, so over the last, I guess that's fourteen days now. Um, definitely missed uh, three or four of those. So at any rate, um, going well. Otherwise, had some really good conversations. I, I've been blessed in that I already have a number of conversations built into my life. Yeah. So that's been really um, 
that's that's made my life easier on certain days. You know, I always know I'm going to see some of my my guy friends on a Monday. I always know I'm pretty much going to see them on a Friday. Got right. a couple other conversations interspersed throughout the week. Have regular lunches, that kind of thing. Um, so at yeah. any rate, though, uh, I would like to jump in and start talking about it with our guest Ross. Uh, welcome, Ross, to the podcast. Um, Glad to be uh, here. Excited for you to be here. Uh, we have a number of questions about community, but first, um, apart from what has already been said in your intro, tell us a bit about yourself, what you're passionate about with community, and why this is something uh, you know we should we should listen to you on this about, <laughs> as, as it were, credentials in the hot seat. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the last the last few years, particularly, I've definitely begun to see myself uh, and and try to become a a community gatherer. Uh, I think part of that came from just a recognition that that's a skill that God has given me an ability to bring people together and kind of help, help people to interact in a, in a communal setting. Uh, and then also just seeing a great need for it. Uh, just, I feel like looking around there's, you know, I live in the small town Grove city, lots of people who, who do know each other. Um, uh, but I feel like there's a lot of loneliness at the same time and people, people just, uh, not knowing how to get out of loneliness, uh, not knowing how to connect with other people. And, and I just had this realization of that's not actually a terribly hard thing to do. It just takes some, uh, uh, some, some realization that that's a good thing, uh, that's worth pursuing. And then, uh, a little bit of guts to <clears throat> invite people to something, to create an event, to, uh, want people to come in. So, yeah, so I have a, a number of different groups that I've started, um, most of them with other guys. Uh, so some meal, some meal groups that are with, uh, different, uh, groups of friends and their, and their kids. That's kind of more like uh family setting. And then uh, I've got a, uh, two different prayer groups and I have a reading group, uh, that's been going for about three years now, uh, with a, a small group of guys, um, and a poetry, uh, writing group, uh, that meets pretty regularly. Uh, and then kind of a movie group that's come in and out of existence, but it's kind of being restarted currently. Uh, so yeah, so a lot of different kind of irons in the fire, uh, in regards to building community. And then I also teach and I direct plays at our school. And I would say the play is a big, one of the things I love about it is that it's a big community piece, uh, obviously in a different setting, but it brings a lot of, it, it provides a, a space in which these students can interact with each other. Um, get to know each other in a totally different way with its own unique pressures and stresses and uh, and bonding that happens, you know, in that whole experience. So, yeah, just a lot of different ways that I'm um, seeking to uh, help create community. Yeah, that that was how I uh, met Ross uh, initially in high school was I was I was in a play that he was directing. And that was one of the things that I was, I think, first struck by uh, with you, Ross, was just your ability to take these uh, these students who are, you know, at the height of their insecurity are at the height of their kind of like loneliness and kind of like not really sure of the world. And you were really able to, to take them and, and put them into a play that they didn't understand and, and, you know, didn't know how to make sense of. And you were able to create a, um, an environment where everyone was able to communicate really well, where we trusted one another. And, you know, we, we put on a couple of really good shows uh, as a result. Um, and so that's, I've always seen you as that person who's able to build that community. Um, you talked about there's a need for, for community builders. There's a need for those 
uh, glue people in the world. Um, could you talk about maybe the loneliness that you see? Like, uh, I've, I've heard a lot of, you know, other podcasters and, and different folks talk about, oh yeah, there's like a, a loneliness epidemic among men. There's, there's uh, a friendship famine or drought or however you want to say it. Um, mm. but just as a, a boots on the ground person, what are you seeing that, that, you know, makes you say We're, we've got a loneliness problem? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I definitely, I was thinking about one of your questions that you had given me, um, and sort of, uh, is, is this like a uniquely American problem? And, and I was thinking about, I think it's just a modern problem. I feel like the, uh, the fact that we can live really isolated lives, uh, means that we often do because it's, it's possible, right? So like community used right. to, like for most of history was forced upon people by necessity. You needed other people to survive. You needed to be, there just wasn't a whole lot to do. <clears throat> yeah. So your options for entertainment usually involved being with other people and the fact that we can be entertained and we can have all of our needs met without having to interact with almost anyone. I think we just have gotten used to that. And so we, so unless you really value community and are being intentional about saying, this is something that I want, uh, it's not something that's just going to fall into your lap in a way that maybe it, it, it used to, it's sort of like college, you know, college, at college, I feel like community just happens because you're all living right. on a hall together. So it's, it's just the reality of where you're living and the kind of uh, you're, you're all taking the similar classes. You're thinking, you're thinking similar things. Uh, you're constantly having conversations cause that's the environment that's been created. Uh, and even colleges, uh, you have people st starting to, to not take advantage of that as much to just isolate in their rooms, uh, you know, to not interact with each other as much or to, to not actually be on campus. They're just commuting. So they're not actually taking advantage of that opportunity. Um, but I think people want it so desperately, like people are, and I, and I, and mainly from my own experience, I lived in New Jersey for five years and, uh, for a lot, a lot of that time was just really lonely because I just didn't know anybody. I didn't have connections with people. It took a long time to build those connections. Um, and it just made me, and that was right after I, I came out of college and it just made me uh, very aware of the fact that it's difficult to build community. Uh, you have to be really intentional. And if you're not already plugged into groups of people, uh, sh forming that yourself can be pretty challenging and can take a good amount of time. Um, and so, and then even when I moved to Grove city, when I first was living here, I didn't know very many people. And again, it took me a long, and every opportunity I had to hang out with other people was valuable, you know, and was like, Oh, that was great. I got to spend some time with, with this person. Um, and the more that I had those communal communal, uh, events come into my life, the more that I realized like, Oh, this is great. And I want this and other people are longing for this. Uh, just, yeah, just opportunities to spend time with one another, uh, to hang out. Um, so yeah, so I, and every time that, <clears throat> that I've kind of invited other people into those kind of, com uh, community groups, I feel like they've been super great, grateful for that opportunity and they've, and they've wanted to do it. That was the other kind of surprising thing to me was that if you create something, people will come. Uh, if you build it, they will come. Right. Yeah. It's just sort of, you know, you invite people to a poker night and they're like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. And if you just put a date on it <clears throat> and you, you know, provide some food and some drinks, um, and a context really, like, what are we doing? 
you know? Yeah. Uh, I think for guys that can often be really helpful because if it's just a, if it's just, if there's nothing to kind of gather around, I think sometimes guys have a really hard time, um, connecting, mm. uh, unless you're already just really good friends, right? If you're already really good friends, you don't really need a reason. You can just get together. Uh, but even there, you, you kind of getting together to like have a beer or to have a cigar or something like there's something you're gathering around typically right uh to do <clears throat> so when do you know uh, this is all really good when do you know when you're looking at a group of people and you say wait we we need to do something together there's a community here that i can build how do you recognize that and then once you've recognized that what are some steps that you like take to ensure that that community blossoms yeah. I mean, I mean, everything that I've built is basically just around stuff that I like to do. So, <laughs> uh, so I think finding things that, that you're passionate about, like probably one of the first groups was just movie night, uh, which started with just, uh, me and my housemate wanting to watch movies together on a Friday and just realizing like, I don't really want to do anything else on a Friday other than watch a movie <laughs> it's the end of the week. And I just want to crack a few beers and, and watch a movie. Um, and then we started inviting people to, to join us. Uh, and the group began, I, I do think it's important to think about, uh, yeah, what, what the format of the group is going to be. Uh, so in all the groups that I've started, like I've, I've spent either some time myself or with other people talking about like, what's this going to look like? Um, what should, what should the setup be? Like, I want it, we want to create a space that people come into and it's kind of clear what the purpose is, what's going to happen. So like in my reading group, for example, my friend Joe Paul and I started it together and we had a pretty long initial conversation about what, what our first book was going to be um, because we wanted to choose something that kind of, that gave the message. Uh, like we're not just reading essays. Uh, we're reading books and we're reading like old books and long books and, and, uh, and, and it's not going to be, this is not like light version. You know? <laughs> we're, uh, so our first book was Brideshead Revisited. Um, nice. Which was great. So we were sort of like, we're going to jump, jump into the deep end. It's going to be pretty like heavy going. And that's kind of what we want to say to people. We're not, you know, so we're setting trajectory in that first book. Um, and in that too, like who we invited was pretty important. So I think the other thing is like thinking about, um, yeah, what, like who, who do you want to be in this group? Cause, uh, the mix is, re I think, is pr is pretty important. Like, not everybody's going to be a good fit for for everything, you know. Um, so, in our reading group, particularly, like, there were people that we talked about inviting. And we were like, oh, I feel like if we invite that person, they might really dominate the conversation. We've got some quiet people already who are coming. We want those people to talk. If this person comes, they're just going to like, you know, everyone's going to get kind of uh, bowled over by their personality. And so we really tried to find a good mix of people who, who already had some connections with each other. Um, uh, yeah. And just the, the, the mix of personalities would, would work, you know, it would be, um, and would, would gel well. And so I think that's pretty important because I think if you get uh, one or two people who have a different idea of what it's supposed to be, really want to take it over. Like I, like my movie night basically got killed because, uh, we had a friend who was coming who just uh, had been coming for a long time, but she just like hated movies, essentially not hated, but she just didn't really <laughs> like movies. And she was like her, her goal in coming was was mainly just to hang out with people. Um, uh, but there were like a good number of us who wanted to come and, and actually watch movies. Um, and then I'm really like and then there was another friend who just like talked 
who he invited, who just was like a talker during movies and couldn't help himself. And that, and like the two of them would just get into fights and the whole thing just became not fun uh, anymore. Oh. And so we just like, we ended up just shutting it down. Cause it was like, this is not, um, this is just not fun. Uh, so, so that's, so like we just restarted with me and two of my friends and we basically were like, let's just keep it to the three of us and our wives because we all know that we like movies. We know that we like mostly the same kind of movies. You know, we have some differences, but, um, but when we all know that we like to talk about movies. So afterwards we were, we're pretty much guaranteed that we're gonna have a good conversation because that wouldn't always happen before either. Um, so yeah, I think thinking about, uh, who's going to be involved is really important. And then just kind of like being consistent with setting times, you know, and just kind of, uh, establishing routines, uh, yeah. So like my poetry group was kind of in and out for a while because we would never set the next, uh, meeting, uh, like at the, at a meeting. So sometimes it would be like four or five months until we met again. So we just, re we just kind of restarted that and we're trying to do it like every, like first Sunday, uh, every other month. So that gives it some, some consistency, you know, that, uh, people can, you know, know it's going to be this often and then having a day of the week that's just really set. So that, I think that's really helpful too. Uh, like poetry nights, always Sunday nights, uh, reading group is always Wednesdays. Um, you know, Friday night, movie night is always Fridays. So those kind of, that kind of consistency also really helps people to buy in because it's not random. It's not going to be a surprise and you've kind of already arranged that you're all available, you know, for that schedule. So just some of the practicality things I think are important, like setting it up so that people can access it easily. Yeah, that makes sense. Especially, I mean, I, I have a real aversion to like schedules and like, like, I don't know. It's hard for me. I'm non-confrontational. I don't want to be like, you got to be here on this day. Like this is the day that it's going to be. Uh, and, but it, but it sounds like that's actually like a really key element to all of this is just setting clear expectations and setting clear boundaries and saying, this is going to be the group. And you, you actually need to, to fit the standard a little bit to, to be in here. There's a, there's a inclusivity and an exclusivity to communities. That sounds like, it's essential. Yeah. JJ, you got any? Uh, yeah, I was just going to say, cause yeah, you like you, you make it too loose and it just doesn't hold together. You know, it it's not a community. It, anymore. Right, it, right. It doesn't have boundaries and you need good boundaries and they need to be porous boundaries. Like in all those groups, I've had people leave and we've had new people come and that's just like figuring it out. But eventually you settle into a pretty, like, these are the core people who are pretty much going to be here every time. These are some of the fringe people. And then there's people who just like decided this wasn't for me and dropped out and that's fine, you know? Uh, so you have to have you that said, porousness. You said fringe people with a G, but I heard French people. <laughs> and I thought, of course they're going to drop out. They're they built just, to surrender. Right, it's just, just French people. <laughs> not made for it. We lost our three French listeners there. Sorry, folks. Um, well, we've had at least one banjo. You can see the stats. <laughs> Ooh, you can. We have more German listeners than French listeners though. So um, at any rate, one thing, or just kind of tracing through your, your line of, of thought here that we've been covering so far, Ross, you know, starting with the loneliness epidemic and you recognizing that in yourself, um, I think it's pretty cool. And that, that's going to have, that's going to spawn a question from me. Uh, but then also the structure of community is going to spawn another question and they'll kind of go together. The first one is you recognize the need for community. 
why do you think you even recognize that in the first place? Um, and why do you think humans are, and men especially need other men? Uh, and when we are sitting in loneliness, it, it's not a good thing because that's something you clearly think. And then the second part of that is um, you clearly tend to favor some more structured communities, right? Ones that are built around something with an intended purpose. Why do you think that that is the direction to go, um, especially for men? Uh, is there something there that helps helps bring us together when there when that structure exists? Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, I definitely think just ideologically, a big part of it for me was recognizing uh, and and coming to the realization because I because I think when I was younger, I definitely had the, I came by it pretty honestly because I think my ideal for a long time was like I'm just going to go live in the woods by myself. Um, where I'm going to move to like a place that's beautiful just because it's beautiful. And it really took me a long time to realize that like the best that where you are doesn't matter as much as who you're with, uh, because you can be in tons of beautiful places and people are, are miserable. Uh, and you can be in really crappy places with people that you like and you're having a great time. So that so I just kind of came to that honestly realizing, oh, like. Uh, investing in relationships is what we're built for. It's what God made us for. Uh, we're made to, we're relational beings. You know, God made us for himself and we're, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee, you know, Augustine. Um, so our ultimate rest is in community with, with God and communion with him. Um, and I think then that's mirrored in the fact that we're also desirous of relationships and community with other people. Um, I think <clears throat> I think for men it's particularly difficult because uh, we because we do tend to be loners. Uh, I think men like uh, I, I think because because we're built I think in some ways to be explorers and adventurers and to like go out and carve out new territory. Uh, there's a ruggedness of, about that. I do think there's like something about the uh, the American ideal of like the rugged individualism thing that makes us think oh I don't need other people. I'm good. Um, and I do, and I, 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 so I, I think I've just kicked against that pretty hard because it's, it's an unnecessary ideal. I think in, in lots of ways, um, I think people in pursuing it lose sight of the, of yeah, just the value and the goodness of relationships with other people. And I think you get, you, you, you start to be a little crazy when you don't have other people. Um, I think guys especially need other guys to to like fight them and to to carve off their their wrong ideas you know um jordan peterson talks all the time about like how having good conversations is is how we let our um our bad ideas die you know it's like uh rather than us dying let the bad idea die like rather than putting the idea into practice and and leading leading to our own death you get to kind of try it out in a conversation and see if it see how it does um and I think I've witnessed that in sort of like my the older generation of of guys like my dad <clears throat> and uh, some of those older guys. I think they just don't often have a good community or good friends and they can become kind of these isolated, slightly crazy old men who don't uh, who just have bad who have ideas that they're not bad ideas, but they just need to be kind of uh, shaped by other people. And, and I think I've just, I've, I, I know that that happens in conversation. You put out a thought, you have put out an idea, somebody else pushes back on it. And that pushback, that, that tension allows you to refine your idea. It allows you to refine what you're thinking 
it forces you to it. Um, and it's also really fun. I think, I think, uh, it makes, it's, it's, it's just like fun to have good, um, conversations with, with other people and conversations are inherently, yeah, like you were saying at the beginning, I think they need to be face to face. I think they need to be, uh, long, like good conversations take time. Um, and so, yeah, so I think that's important, uh, to address your question about form versus, you know, kind of less form. Uh, I mean, I would say my, I have all those groups, but then I also meet with lots of people just, just one-on-one to hang. And those are more just kind of like, let's, let's get together for four hours, five hours and just have, and just talk, you know? Um, so the groups, uh, in a lot of ways are trying to build, uh, again, it's trying to build like a group of people here. I want these five people to all know each other. I know I, I might know all these people individually. I might've hung out with, with them individually, but I want them to hang out with one another, uh, and get to know each other that way. Um, but I think there's also great value to, yeah, to having less, a less structured, you know, hangout. But I think those, those, I find that those are a lot harder to do if there's in a, if, if you have a bunch of people getting together and there's not a focus, it's really hard because somebody will, unless they're all really good at having conversations, it usually will just become a conversation between two people. You know, everybody will, unless they're all pretty heavy hitters, it'll tend to gravitate towards a one-on-one conversation, uh, which sometimes just feels bad. You feel bad for people who aren't involved. They're not getting, they're not having an opportunity to get in. So having uh, a centerpiece that we're all pointing our attention at, I think helps to draw out those people who are a little quieter, gives them an opportunity to, to speak um, uh, again, I think you can have kind of unstructured conversations with large, with bigger groups of people, but it's almost even more important than to think about who are those people and, um, yeah. And then being friends already and kind of being able to figure out how to navigate that, that kind of conversation I think is important. Um, that's really cool. The, the recognition of the difference between kind of a, a structured group and then when, when and where you might have a conversation in a more unstructured setting uh, seems very important. And kind of going back to your, your point on, on being in community, I really liked the point uh, you said about being in communion with God and, and being in, in communion with others, right? And, and ultimately, that communion, that relationship with other people should point us to God. Um, mm-hmm. we, we had a conversation a while back on this podcast, uh, I think it was about Jack London, actually, Banjo, where we got into this a little bit, um, the kind of that American ideal, that rugged masculinity, uh, that that loner idea. Um, we yeah, were talking about. We were talking about. You know, Jack London has all these characters that they they kind of have to go it alone. Um, but there is a balance. Uh, those that those that go at one hundred percent alone don't usually do it. They don't. They don't always succeed. Those those that are at home, warm and comfy, and never try to get out of the house, they're they're not seen as um, being uh, manly or successful. So there's a balance somewhere in between there for and these characters. The other thing there, JJ, while you're talking, thinking about Jack London, I was thinking you were going to go towards the idea of the traces. Remember we yes, talked about yes. the dogs, uh, in, in call of the wild, uh, you know, they find their community in their labor, you know, they find their community in, in their work and like this, this role that they have, uh, as you know, pulling this leg, they all want to die in their traces, you know, 
Right. And it, it seems to me, Ross, this is kind of what you're talking about. Like men need a thing. We need an objective that we're all aiming towards. Uh, and it should be challenging. It should be iron sharpening iron, but it also also should be something that we like have to do shoulder to shoulder um, that we have to like give of ourselves for. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's no skin in the game, it, I think it's hard for men to be invested. Right. I think, I think like my dad always talks about how it's like really hard for guys to just like sit around and talk about their feelings. Um, and I think that that's, <clears throat> I think that that's true for a lot of guys. Uh, and I don't think, and I think our like modern world wants us to think that that's like the problem with guys. And I don't think that's really true. I mean, I, I do think it's good for us to sit around and talk about our feelings. Like I think that's healthy. Um, but I, I do tend to think that that's like more of a one-on-one kind of interaction. Um, in groups, I, I do find like a lot of times, yeah, it's like point me in a direction. Like I want to be doing something with these guys and, and that, and that can be a conver again, it can be a conversational direction. We're just all giving our attention to something. Um, and I do think it's like a, it's, it's a trait of civilization. Like, I don't think it's a, it's not a, I don't think it's an entirely natural, uh, well, what do I want to say here? It's, um, uh, I think having good conversations is hard. And I think it takes uh, practice and some and some training uh, because uh, you can have a group of guys who just sits around and hangs out with each other all the time. And it's not very interesting or um, helpful, particularly uh, it's not it doesn't it doesn't always turn into iron sharpening iron. Right. It can just be like a bunch of guys sitting around and kind of um, just like having really bad conversations or encouraging each other in, in kind of bad things uh, or or just nothing like there's not really anything going on. Um, and I still think like that kind of hanging out is good. I just think it's like, good for people to be together. <clears throat> but I think if you want to have a more, a more sharp conversation, like you, like there's a certain degree to which like uh, having an education helps being able to have ideas, be able to like kind of work those ideas out conversationally in dialogue, be able to put out an idea in a way that other people can actually understand what you're trying to say and then can respond to it. And, and you can have this repartee like that's like if you have a conversation with somebody who doesn't know how to do that, you find out pretty quickly that it's hard. That person is like kind of all over the place. They're not really listening to what you're saying. You may make a point. They don't really respond to your point. Um, and you're like, we're not connecting here. Like, this is not a good conversation. Uh, and I think almost we have it's like we we as a society are are. Um, you know, we're on like the last few, we're on like the fumes of, of like a good civilization. Uh, and we're, so we just kind of assume that lots of things are normal that we've forgotten. We had to actually work really hard to build those things and they're not normal. So it's like, we just kind of assume community is normal or we kind of have assumed that for a long time. And then only recently we realized, Oh wait, like that doesn't just happen. You have to be intentional about it. You have to build that kind of community. You have to build the ability to have a good dialogue. Um, that's not going to happen. So like what I was thinking of this example, while you guys were talking, my wife and I just read endurance, the story of Shackleton's, uh, expedition, mm. uh, uh, to, to discover the, I forget if it's the South pole or the North pole, but, um, South but it's pole. the South pole, but crazy. yeah, it's crazy. And like, crazy from, my favorite thing about it was like, these men are going through this incredibly difficult, like, horrible kind of experience but they're so joyful and their morale is so high because they all just 
they would all like keep their morale high. They would have these um, talent shows like on the boat when they're trapped in the ice and they would get together and be like, you know, writing monologues and making little skits and like singing goofy, like writing goofy songs. And they like required one of the guys, even when they got off the ship and they were just traveling with the dogs, they had one guy keep his, his like banjo because they, cause Shackleton said, we're going to need that banjo. Like we're going to need him to sing and make us laugh. And they're, and literally at the very final scene of the, of the book, they're living underneath their overturned, you know, rowboat that they've turned into like this grimy cabin and they have a talent show in the grimy cabin, like as they're all starving and there's like a guy with gangrene and like, it's just absolute misery and they're laughing together and they're making each other laugh and they're, and they're spending like the whole day planning their act for that night. And I was like, this is incredible. And I think it speaks to the fact that when you make, when you make an event, right? When you make it a thing around which to gather, it gives people something to strive towards. And it also is this incredible morale booster. Uh, but I think they're all, all those guys, the reason they're able to do that is because they were coming from a great civilization, great society that had taught them that that is what you do. That's, that's what, that's how you operate. And I was like, if you took a bunch of 20 something year olds from a modern America and put them in that context, like <laughs> they die in a week. Yeah. It would be like Lord of the flies. You know? uh, I think we've lost some of that maturity of being able to, yeah. to have fun together. You know? That's, that's, uh, that's an amazing point. And I, I also just, I want to double back to this, but I love the image of the last fumes of a civilization. That's well put. Um, but as a, as a counter example, I just, I just finished reading a book about Kurt Cobain, uh, the lead singer of uh, Nirvana, uh, and, um, seeing the way that his life fell apart in many ways, because he wasn't able to have conversations mm. um, in many ways, because he wasn't able to be known by anybody. He had all this stuff that was kind of inside him, you know, that was traumatic and that, that it was burdensome to him. Um, and he, he didn't feel like he could share it with anyone else mm. except in his, in his music. And then his music is all kind of uh, cryptic and vague and, you know, people are arguing about it and stuff like that. And he's not, you know, his, his bandmates, you know, aren't aware of certain things. Uh, you know, he's not aware of certain things. And, and so he turns to addiction to kind of solve that, which is really an internal solution, you know? Um, but it, it kind of replaces all those things we want in a conversation. There's like a ritual, there's a purpose, there's an end goal in addiction, but mm -hmm. it's all self-centered. It's all, uh, inward focused. Uh, and it, it kills him in the end, you know, mm -hmm. and, and in many ways, it's because he's not able to talk, you know, it's, it's because he's not able to, um, to build it up. And so, you know, to your point, I think you, you could put 20 somethings on a boat in the middle of, you know, uh, the South pole and that would kill them. But in a very real sense, I think we're not able to have conversations now and it's killing us. Mm, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I just think that's, uh, on the rise and, um, just some statistics I'm seeing there. Anyway, all that to say, you know, we need to be building, these tools and these, these abilities to speak with one another. Um, one question I had, uh, Oh, I wanted to double back. Hold on. Before I go into this thought, doubling back to the, to the kind of the fumes of civilization that we have here. Um, to, to what extent, um, does, does conversation and community building play in, um, I don't want to say like rebuilding America or, you know, picking us up or whatever, but, you know, I think, 
we struggle right now to have conversations or community with people across the aisle or who have different opinions. Have you seen anything or do you have any advice for, you know, how we can start to build those bridges with people that we might disagree with? Well, that's where, that's where I think like having these like groups is really crucial because, uh, yeah, like my reading group, for example, uh, there's like some pretty super strong conservative people, uh, in that group. And there's some pretty super strong liberal people in that group. Uh, like what, like we read, um, uh, what book was it? Uh, uh, why can't I think of it? Oh yeah. We read uh, Dostoevsky's, uh, demons, <clears throat> which in a lot of ways is about the beginnings of communism. And, uh, and that's, and that conversation spilled over into like a two hour outside of the cars, uh, continued conversation between me and my one pretty liberal friend where we were, we were going pretty, pretty head to head about, um, and he was the guy, Joe Paul, who I started the group with, uh, about, uh, uh, communism and like, what is communism and is it really bad? And, uh, and I was like, kind of a surprise that we were even having to have that conversation, but, <clears throat> but, uh, but I also saw that as a great benefit because I'm like, okay. Joe Paul and I are coming from pretty different angles on this thing. Uh, but we're able to have this conversation where, and, and part of the reason we were able to have that conversation is because he's really good at defining terms and being like, we got to define terms. We got to kind of mm. come down to, we're not, we, I don't want to just kind of punch at each other. I want us to really understand what the other person is saying uh, and be able to get somewhere. Um, so we're not, so, so when we're talking with people who are from a different political uh, across the aisle uh, perspective, we want to be able to actually listen and not just put that person in a box. Uh, and then I and and I think that enables you to then see, okay, I can't just put everybody who who I disagree with in this box of like I don't like those people because I do like Joe Paul and we disagree about some stuff. That doesn't change the fact that I really like him and we have and we and there's lots of things that we do agree about. Uh, and I think being in that kind of discussion group can give people an opportunity to, uh, to, to speak about those things, to combat each other and to still be friends at the end of the day and, and come together because your primary thing that's bringing you together is not, is not your political ideology. It's the fact that you all love this common thing, which like in that case is reading, right? We all love books, great books. And so we might be coming from different angles on why we love those great books and have different ideas about, about what those great books mean. I, one of my other friends who's in that group, Actually, using like a bunch of my groups, uh, but my friend Alex, he and I disagree about tons of stuff. We get into fights all the time, um, <clears throat> and I think that that's like, I think I, I have this thing that I've been saying recently, which I think is sort of true. Uh, that like uh, the, uh, the the world became a much less fun place when we stopped having good fights with each other. Um, <laughs> Uh, I like that. Which, That's good. Which my my friend Joe was pushing back on me on that the other day. He was like, "Yeah, I, I know you're just trying to kind of get into a fight by even making that statement." <laughs> uh, and I, I mean, really, fight is probably the wrong word. But basically, like having good dialogue is essentially what I'm saying. And I think a good dialogue does involve disagreement. It involves people uh, not always agreeing with each other, being able to navigate those differences. I think fight connotates that you're getting like physical or that or that you're attacking somebody. And I think that that if you're doing that in a conversation, usually the conversation is not terribly fun. Um, uh, but I do think that you can you can punch a little harder di in a dialogue than most people think they can. Well, I think a lot of people are afraid to because of the relational loss 
I think because like fights often do kind of go sideways. I think people are afraid to disagree about anything. So we just avoid the tough conversations. And it's like, then it's not fun. It's not fun. You know, and I think, and, and it's, it's hard to have a, um, a, a dialogue. That's a, that's a disagreement. The, the only way that it's fun is if both of you are good at doing it. You know, uh, if both of you can, can, can tussle with each other and be clear in what you're saying and not get angry at each other uh, and stay calm. Like that can be a really beneficial conversation. So uh, I'm always looking for those because I, I'm looking for people who, who, who can handle that kind of conversation and, and who are inter- and who I have some disagreements with because it, I know it's going to sharpen them. I know it's going to sharpen me. I know it's going to be a really interesting conversation. That's memorable uh, because we really got into something. Uh, so and I think people are afraid of that kind of interaction because of the potential loss. They don't feel very confident. Uh, I don't know. I have a poker group too. And it's like the, the better we get at poker, the more fun it becomes because we can actually right. like, combat each other pretty hard. And it's not just mean. So like when my friend Dan, you know, bets like really puts in a really big bet before he, we, like, we, like, you know, before the flop, uh, we're not going to get as mad because we're like, Oh yeah, that was a good move. Uh, all right. Like I'll see that, you know, and you can play, you can keep playing without it getting, I don't know, your emotions getting super involved and getting all upset about it. Right. But you've, you've had to grow as a group in that. Yeah. So you've, you've kind of grown together. One thing that you keep saying that I really like is, is what you're directing your attention at within these groups. Yeah. Um, which is really interesting phrase because that, that immediately makes them think of, uh, you know, a worship service, a congregation coming together, directing their attention at, That's at God, yeah. at a spiritual thing. Um, and, and in many ways, I think a worship coming together as a congregation, right? Not, not as a bunch of folks watching on Facebook Live or, or wherever they're watching, which is, that's a great tool. I'm all for utilizing that tool. But at the end of the day, I think the best thing is being in community as a church, growing together in that and having that directed focus. That said, um, you've mentioned you're, you like to look for those conversations where people can kind of work together on those conversations that you like to have where you're stabbing back and forth. So you, you know the two of you or the group of you that you are directing that conversation in that direction. You have, you have a goal. You're directing your focus towards advancing that conversation in a way that is enjoyable for you. So what, what is your advice when, you have, when, you, when you're first encountering someone you don't know where they kind of fall in that. Um, you you want to be able to build community with them because ultimately we are called to build community and grow the kingdom. So what's that starting level? What Where are you directing that conversation? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, when I'm meeting somebody new, I'm just trying to find out what they like. You know, what are you into? Trying to find out what they what they get passionate about. And sometimes it takes a long time to to get there. Like I had a guy over for cigars and, you know, it wasn't until about like an hour in, I was asking him a lot of questions trying to draw him out. You know, like what, you know, what are you, usually I start with like, what are you reading or what are you listening to or what are you watching? Cause it's like media is, you know, we're always taking in media or most of us are. And, um, and usually for me, it's like, if, if I can't hit if I can't hit something interesting with like those questions, what are you, what are you watching? What are you reading? What are you listening to? I'm usually like, we're probably not going to be really like good friends, but I can, but I can still try and find what you like. Uh, and sometimes it's like, 
yeah, that person really uh, enjoys. I don't know. I've I've connected with a bunch of people about like cold plunging recently, you know, like doing Wim Hof cold plunges, and um, and I have some friends who just like are super into that, and I'm into that. So I'm like, okay, there's a point of connection. Um, it doesn't really have anything to do with like reading or like media. It's just a thing that we like doing, or or yeah, or you find somebody who likes just to camp. Uh, this one professor who I like to talk to, he always starts every conversation talking about camping. It doesn't matter like. We've had a lot of conversations. It doesn't matter. It's always it's always camping first. T. David Gordon. Uh, so it's just like you know we'll be talking about about hammock camping for at least a half an hour at the beginning of every conversation. Uh, and part of that was because he discovered that I like to hammock camp. So he just knows with me. He's like Ross gets that. We can we can talk. We can start there every time solidly, and then we can move on to something else. Uh, so I just I think what you're just asking questions to try and figure out both. Uh, is there something that we both kind of like together, but also just like, what is, what is this person into? What really gets them excited? What, what are they passionate about? Uh, because then you can understand how to navigate conversationally with them in the future. What's going to, you know, cause nobody likes to have a conversation about something that they're not interested in. Um, so you want to find that interest point and then build on that, you know, and usually in, uh, if you find that point of interest, you can build to other things. You know, I'm doing this with students all the time. I just try and find what the student likes to do. And, <clears throat> and the hard part is if you have somebody who just like really doesn't know themselves well enough to know what they like to do. And there are a lot of people who are in that category where it's just like, they just, they're not really into anything. And that, and I think that's kind of a sad statement about our society is that we just, I, like I'm always telling my students, just like, just have fun. Just like find something that you think is fun and do that thing. Like, yeah, what what is this? Why why are people like this? I'm try, I've been trying to figure this out. What why is it that people don't care? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, uh, I was just talking with uh, my friend Joey last night about like acedia, the sin of acedia. Um, it's like the yeah, it's it's kind of just not taking pleasure in things that are worth taking pleasure in. And I think, I think we're kind of in this middle point where it's like boredom is great because boredom can force you to do something interesting. So we're never bored anymore, right? Because we just have, there's too many things that you could do that you don't really even like doing, but at least there's something to do, right? You can just watch the TV for hours and like, you don't even really like it, but it's something to do. It's, it's somewhat entertaining. Uh, but then on that, so there's boredom and then there's like being really invested in something, being really passionate about something. But that takes a lot of work to be really pa- It takes a lot of attention, takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort. So we just tend to be right in the middle where we like to watch other people being really passionate about things. Uh, we don't we're not really bored, so we're not really forced to do anything ourselves. We're kind of fascinated watching them perform uh, but, but we don't really want to do a whole lot ourselves cause it's going to take work. And I think we just kind of are anti anything that's hard anything that takes effort. We're just comfortable, you know? And so we're comfortable and we don't want to move. And so it's like, okay, but then your life is not very fun. Like you're watching other people have fun on TikTok, and you're not having any fun. Like, just go have some fun for yourself. Yeah. I, that's, I'm always, my, my catchphrase has just become now just have fun. That's like, I, I end every conversation with like, just have fun today. That's okay. That's good. I'm going to have to start tacking that on. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. Just, you know, teaching the last, the last couple of weeks has just been like, you know, these kids, they want to, they just want to go home. And I'm like, what are you going to do when you get home? They're like, I'm going to sleep. And I'm like, how is that? Why? 
why is that what you're going to do? You know, and um, I'm reading this book about baseball. And uh, one of the first things that the guy says is, um, it is uh, one of the most unintelligent things to be said uh, when somebody says that baseball is a leisurely game. Um, because every pitch, every at bat, every strike, you know, changes the game. There's always more information to be taken in um, and to enjoy and to appreciate. And, and as I'm learning more about baseball, I've been thinking, wow, like how true is that about just life in general? Mm. Like all, there's all these crafts that, that, you know, if you think life is this leisurely walk in the park, you're doing it wrong, you know? Mm. Um, And so, yeah, like these conversations that we're having, I think, you know, we're saying we need to, we need to treat it like a craft. We need to, to soak the joy up from it, you know? Um, so yeah. Mm, anyway, mm. JJ, any last, uh, questions? I know we got to let, let you go here, Ross, pretty soon. Uh, my final questions, um, and, and these interviews always have to do with uh, some of the practical stuff. So if, if you're a young guy, um, as, as we're gearing this towards young men, generally in their twenties, Young guy, he's looking to either find a community or uh, to start one of his own. Um, what what would, what would be your advice to him in in that pursuit? Yeah, I would say, uh, I guess I would, two two things. Uh, I would say first of all, it's sort of like people who want to write, you know. And and I always ask them like, are you reading stuff? And if they don't, if they're not reading anything, I'm like, well, then you're not writing anything. Like if you're not, if you're not taking anything in, you're not going to produce anything that's worthwhile. So like, if you want to be in community, I think like find things that you, again, find things like figure yourself out a little bit by just choosing something to give your attention to and give your attention to it pretty, pretty hard for your, just for yourself, like to try and figure out uh, what you like. Cause I think once you, once you do that, it's going to make it a lot easier for you then to connect with other people. Um, And sometimes you just make a choice. You're just like, I don't even know. I'm going to try this, you know, and see if it sticks and, and just keep doing it for a while to see if it sticks. Cause like everything is, uh, nothing, nothing comes easily at first. Uh, but it, but it grows. So actually the breeding group began with a friend of mine, Andrew Mitchell, just wanting to take up pipe smoking. <clears throat> so he knew a couple people who were into pipe smoking. He was like, Ross, you want to come over to my house, smoke a pipe. I know you like to smoke pipes. And, uh, there were about four guys who came to that first hangout and we just got together to smoke pipes. That was it. Um, but we had a great conversation and then that became the locus of, uh, of, of, of having, um, yeah, that became the locus of, um, the reading group. So I think find something that you like to do, um, and start doing that. And then, and then if, cause then you have, if you want to create something, you want to create something around things that you like to do. So you say, okay, I like doing this thing. I'm going to invite some other people over to do this with me. I'm going to try and find some people who I think would also enjoy this. Uh, let's do it together. Um, you know, like there's a whole group at my church who go running, uh, of guys who go running together every week. I'm like, that's great. I hate running, so I'm not going to go to that group. Uh, but, but that's great for them. You know, I'm like, that's awesome. Do that thing. Um, and then, uh, so that's, I think if you, and, and just realize that creating a group is as easy as it sounds, you just decide you're going to create a group, you invite some people and you just make it a clear enough event. Like you make an, it has to be an event, right? It has to be a, a thing. 
You're not just saying like, it's not, it's not this loosey goosey kind of, Hey, we should hang out sometime. It's like, Hey, I would like to start a group that does this. It's going to be, again, like we said, it's going to, uh, you know, we can, let's talk about when we can meet. Would you be interested in that kind of group? You know, I want to get, I want us to get together and, um, and uh, yeah, whatever it is, we're going to, we're going to do this together. Uh, and if you find a couple people who are interested, you set a time, you set a date and, uh, and you just make, and then when they, they come, you make sure that it's a, that's a decently nice time. I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot for it to be a decently nice time, but you know, some beverages usually help. Uh, some light food can often help H- having it be in a space where you can be focused definitely helps. Like if it's like, you want it to be a comfortable space where people can actually, um, there's not, it's not like super chaotic. Um, I think meeting in your own house is great because, uh, it's very personal. Um, and people feel like they're entering into your life. And I think that's always more of a buy-in than if it's just like at a coffee shop or, um, you know, a restaurant, I mean, those things are fine. Uh, but they're going to have to spend money to be there. So that's kind of a downer already. Uh, it's like kind of a space that's already fairly distracting because there's a bunch of other people. Uh, so your, your ability to just kind of like peace out is higher. Uh, whereas if you're at somebody's home, um, yeah, it's just, I think a lot more possible and you can, I mean, my writing group, we met one time, like around my stove in the kitchen, and we were all kind of huddled around the stove because my wife was trying to watch like a show in the other, in the living room and she didn't want to give up that space and it was cold in the garage. So, uh, but we made it work, you know, it was like, it was cozy. It, it worked fine. Um, I think if you want to get into a group that already exists, like you're, you're seeing other people around and you want to break into something, I think just trying to pursue people conversationally is the key in like in church or in whatever setting you're seeing those people, Uh, I mean, we just had a guy who came to our poker night who just put on Facebook. He was like, I just want to hang out with people. He's like a 40s year old guy. He was just like, Hey, I'm just looking for some guys to hang out with. Uh, does anybody have any ideas? And the wife of my, of my neighbor, you know, saw this post and was like, well, my husband has a, a poker night with his buddies. Uh, like you could totally come. And he was great. He was awesome. He's going to come again. Like we had a great time. He stayed till two in the morning. He played, you know, he was hilarious. Uh, we were like, dude, hammer's awesome. Uh, so he's, he's in now. Uh, and all he did was just put it out there. Like, Hey, I want, and that's a, I think we are all a little afraid to do that. We're afraid to be vulnerable to, to admit that we need somebody else. Like we had another guy at the poker night who I was on a retreat with and he was in my small group and he was just talking about how he and his wife have been living in Grove city for like two years right down the street from me. And he was like, we're just kind of lonely. Like we just kind of want to be in on some, some stuff that's going on in town. And I was like, Oh, all right, well, let's get you in. Like, yeah. All right. We'll, we'll do a, we'll come to poker night. Uh, we'll try and do a game night with like the wives. Uh, let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's make some stuff happen. Uh, so I think just admitting that that's something that you are looking for is a big piece, which is hard because it's, it takes some humility to admit that like you, you want that. Uh, but I also think like, if you want it, just tell people that that's what, you know, you want to be involved in some, yeah, uh, it's like being mentored. Like nobody wants to come up to somebody and say like, Hey, I want to mentor you. But a lot of times older guys do want to mentor younger guys. They're just waiting for the younger guy to show some interest. So like if any young guy comes to me as like, Hey, I would love, I would love to be mentored by you. I'm like, all right, let's figure it out. Like I'll, yeah, I'll make a time. I'll carve it out. Uh, we can make this happen. So I think having like the boldness to ask that question 
and to pursue the relationship is a big, a big piece. So I think those would be my two pieces of advice. Awesome. Well, Ross, this has been uh, a really great conversation. Thanks for giving us your insights and, and uh, yeah, joining us on the forge. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for having me. It was great talking with, with both of you. And uh, I hope uh, good luck with all of your community building endeavors yourselves as young guys, you, you can do it. Uh, just keep, keep at it. I feel awesome. ready to go. Do it. <laughs> I know I'm psyched. Thank you, Ross. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thank you guys. This has been the Forging Honor Podcast. Music and production is by Elliot George. For more information about what we do or to learn how to get involved, visit our website at forginghonor.com. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to like, subscribe, and give us a rating to bring others into the Forging Honor journey. On our website, you'll find information on how to do the challenges alongside us, as well as links to the many resources we mentioned in the show. And we do make a small amount for many purchases you make through our website links, so thank you in advance. Thanks for taking the time with us today. We hope you'll take up the work alongside us and join us in the task of forging honor. We'll see you next time.